to the latest episode of the Roughnecks podcast. Today on the podcast, we have MLS referee Guido Gonzalez. Guido, thanks for joining us today, and could you give us a brief introduction about yourself? Obviously, I'm a referee out of Atlanta, Georgia. That's where I started my refereeing career quite some time ago. Uh, kind of worked my way through the ranks. Finally made it as a full-time referee for the first season last year. I currently reside in New Jersey temporarily, and yeah, I'm just excited uh, to, to be here and uh, get on with uh, the new season coming up. Right, Kiro. So let's backtrack there a little bit and let's start with why you started refereeing in the first place. Uh, first off, let's go back. So I'm a, I'm a soccer guy, as many would say, through and through. Uh, kind of was, was born around the game. Dad played, uncles played, neighbors played. I mean, I was kicking a ball at, you know, less than a year old. So I just, I just kind of grew, grew, grew with it in my blood, uh, naturally. Um, as, as, a, as a kid, I played. As, as most kids do, uh, youth soccer, high school. Got to college and didn't play in college, uh, but continued playing uh, at the amateur level. Once I started working, aside from regular full-time jobs, I was always around the game, not always just as a player, but uh, I, I got to work for an NASL team, selling tickets for a pro team, kind of game day operations and, and there. So I, I kind of just always stayed involved. Uh, the refereeing side of things, just kind of happened really casually, almost naturally. I was I was at an indoor facility one day, and there was no referee for a game. Someone just asked, hey, man, do you mind refereeing this game? I was like, sure. And that was the very, very first game that I ever had to referee. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. But just with the general understanding and feeling of the game, it kind of came natural to me. So at first, it kind of just started as a hobby indoor it was just a little extra cash about 20 25 dollars a game and then uh on the actual soccer field on the, i never really took thought about refereeing outdoor or anything like that until my dad used to do it for extra cash on sundays in a local unaffiliated league uh, in atlanta and one day one of his ars bailed on him and he woke me up shook my leg hey man you're coming to work with me today didn't really give me an option 19 20 years old you know, my very first referee course was in a parking lot. Hold the flag like this. Look at me in these situations. And it kind of just took off from there. So what motivated you to continue refereeing? At first, uh, like I said, it started as a hobby. And I continued that for many years. I'd, I'd say I, I worked at least five, six years of amateur, unaffiliated soccer. And it was a, a great hobby, extra cash in my pocket, but... Most importantly, it kind of just continued my love for the game. I was a part of the game. I was a part of the intensity of the match. Uh, even though it wasn't as a player, it kind of just, I grew passionate about being in those intense moments that we witnessed on the soccer field. So I think that's where kind of my passion for it kind of grew. I don't think it was, it was just something that, you know, I thought about, oh, I want to be a referee. It kind of just grew onto me as I, I was doing it as a hobby. Then, uh, you know, you do it casually, casually, casually until... I was given a couple of opportunities to, to move up in, in different levels. Uh, started doing high school. I joined a college chapter in Georgia. Then I, I learned about the, the, grade, the USSF grading system, which I had no idea about for at least seven years of refereeing. <laughs> I had no idea what people were talking about, assessments, assessors, tournaments. It just wasn't my thing. Uh, but once I started learning and kind of indulging in that 
world of refereeing, it kind of just came really, really naturally, slowly made my way through the ranks that way. So how about you tell us a little bit more about moving up the ladder as a referee to where you are now, which is in the MLS. The path to becoming an MLS referee has been a very long process, you know, and then, and then it slowly all kind of started progressing from there. I said, I had, you know, it got to a point where at no point did I really think that every, anything was ever going to happen this way. I was just enjoying it at first. But then when, when you start learning a little bit more, you start getting more higher level opportunities, you know, you're getting exposed to better games, more challenging games, the amateur game. Then that's when I think the, the idea even started. I'm for, I was fortunate enough that while I worked for a, the, USL, oh, the NASL team in Atlanta, I was the referee liaison. So I actually got to meet some of the current top-notch you know, officials that we have in our league right now, you know, Armando Villarreal, JC Rivero, Chris Penzo, the Ted Uncles. So I was able to be the referee liaison before I was even there. So I, got, I, was, I was in the locker room. I got to see what it was like in the locker room and kind of learn a lot. But I'd say that after my experience in that locker room with, with these guys, as they were coming up, was where my, my true motivation was. I was like, man, I can do this. I can also do this, you know? Uh, you know, obviously they were years and years ahead of, 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 of me when it came to, you know, what grade they were, what their experience levels were. But, you know, it got, it got to a point where, you know, I was a, a state referee at grade six and the switch just kind of came on. I, I, I told myself, you know, that's my ultimate goal. That's what I want to do. And you kind of just have to set your mind to it. And then the important part is, is, is figuring out how to get there. <laughs> there's no, there's no black and white path to, to becoming a, a professional referee. There's no clear cut. This is the guy that you, that needs to see you. You know, it's, it's a little bit of one, the want and the want to, for yourself to expose yourself, to go to the tournament, go to the academies, go to the camps. All right. Learn as much as you can find a mentor. You know, your mentor could be anywhere, you know, from, from your a local assigner, an older referee, you know, locally to, you know, a national referee, a national coach or assessor. It, it can be a, a, a myriad of, of, of people of different levels of experience. But the important part is to make sure you establish uh, these relationships with, with people that can help you along the way. Helping you along the way doesn't mean just pushing you to become the next best thing. No, pushing you along the way and helping you learn the game, understand the ins and outs of referee and telling you, you know, you need somebody to to kind of put you in your place every now and then, all right? A lot of people I see, you know, are doing, want to, want to be the best referees, want to do the high level games, but, you know, every now and then we kind of have to be grounded a little bit. And it's important that you have a person that you respect, that you trust, that is able to, to do this for you, all right? It's part of the learning process, all right? No one, no one becomes, you know, the top MLS referee from, you know, night to day. It's, it's a process, all right? It, it takes a lot of experience, a lot of failures, right? A lot of games that have to go bad in order for you to learn. Sometimes that's the best way to learn. You know, becoming the, the MLS referee was kind of a gradual thing. To me, it was a long, long, long road, all right? I never knew if I was actually going to make it. But in my mind, I wanted to. So I just kept knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door and kept myself uh, in the mix. You know, fortunately, the right people saw me at the right times and, and we got called in. 
So how about you talk us through maybe some of those failures that you've had coming up that have helped you learn and become a better referee? The first time you hold the whistle, you're not going to know what to do. You're not going to know what to say to players. All right? You kind of just, you have, to, you have to learn and figure out, try different things. All right? Sometimes the things do not work. All right? That's part of the learning process. All right. If I say this to a player, they're not very happy. So you're going to get a reaction. You're going to get yelled at, cussed at. I mean, that's what we signed up for. The, the failures, is just, it's just an endless, endless amount of, of what I consider failures. And, and, and not necessarily big failures. It can be small failures from missing a penalty kick to missing a red card to misapplying advantage, you know, giving a yellow card to the wrong player, right? To not taking information from your assistants when necessary. All right. These are all little things that you learn along the way. You're not going to get them all right all the time. Even at the, you know, even at the level that I'm at, I'm not, I'm not going to get them all. The important part is that understand that things can be done different. Understand you're going to make mistakes, accepting your mistake. Well, recognizing your mistakes, accepting your mistakes. And now how do you move forward from that? This, how do I, what do I need to do to make sure that this doesn't happen the next time? All right. That's, that's, I think the crucial part of developing as a referee. Right, is understanding that you, and accepting that you're going to make the mistakes, not being afraid to make the mistakes, be okay with making these mistakes. But more importantly is how do you learn advice can you take? Uh, what practice can you do on the field to make sure or help so that these mistakes don't happen repetitively or happen again, or you minimize the risk or chances that these things happen to you on the field. All right. So that, that's it's kind of a, a thought process as a referee to make sure that the wheels are spinning in the right direction. A lot of referees get, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that, that this happens to, you know, you, you make mistakes, but then you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over. And that's okay. It's okay. But we have to figure out how to learn from it. Some people just don't learn. Right. And I think, I think that's just in anything, right. Some people just will never learn or never want to become better. Never want to correct those issues. Never accept. Some people don't accept that they make those mistakes, you know, and they take feedback and kind of just throw it out the window. So I think to me, the important part is is, is the mindset of, of, of being open to learning, being open to, to hear about your mistakes and being approachable and, and, and open to taking the different recommendations to prevent these things. All right, Guido, let's fast forward a bit to October 13th, 2018, which was your MLS debut between the Minnesota United and Colorado Rapids. Can you tell me a little bit about that game? <laughs> um, that was actually very, that's probably going to be the most memorable game of my career uh, when this is all said and done. Uh, I started with Minnesota United against the Colorado Rapids. Uh, I had been around for a little bit uh, with the VAR program. I'd done a couple fourth officials. So I kind of, I was in, in, in the environment already, but you know, you're never as prepared as you think when you get into this game. So, you know, obviously you're nervous. Um, I did feel confident on the day. One of the things is that what I learned the most from that game is that, you know, you're, you're going to have weird situations. You're going to, not everything is always going to go as planned. So what do you do? What do you do when things don't go out as planned? It wasn't the perfect 90 minute game where, you know, you get a couple cautions here a penalty there, no problem. No, this 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 game actually took a, a little bit of a turn for the worse for me. For those that that remember that game, um, it was a game in which a you know mass confrontation uh, happened. It was a couple of VAR reviews, and it kind of just 
everything just snowballed into this big mess, right? And, you know, you kind of, you have to be the professional. You have to keep your cool, your calm, and get through the situation. That wasn't easy uh, by far. It, it was not easy. Most difficult game I've ever been a part of in any level. You know, I, I went through the game and, you know, came out of it just a little bit upset, kind of beating myself up. I'm like, well, what did I do to, to let it get to this point? You know, did I, did I do everything correctly? Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, there was little things here and there, a foul maybe that, that I could have called to, to maybe change the game. But you, the one thing you learn from that is you, you never know what kind of uh, moods the players are in. You don't know how players are going to react to certain situations. And you got to just kind of uh, be ready to make a decision based on player behavior. That's what we're there for, is to react to player behavior. Looking back, I'm happy with how I handled myself, how I handled this particular situation when it happened. A couple of red cards were given, coach dismissal. And I said, like, it was a, a very, very memorable game that I will never forget. But it kind of just grounded me and, and, and reminded me that anything can happen. Anything can happen. Even on your first game, your, your 10th game, your 100th game, you just have to be ready to respond appropriately. So how were you feeling after the match? Honestly, you know, immediately after the game, I was a little bit upset with, I just wasn't happy with, with how the game ended. You know, in the grand scheme of things, as a referee, you know, you want the game to go smooth. You don't want to be the person talked about things to get out of hand. And, and it did get out of hand. Things got really out of hand. And like I said, I just, I beat myself up a little bit about, you know, what, what could I have done differently? How did I let this happen? How did I let this mass confrontation get to this mass confrontation? It, it's natural, right? If you care about the game, if you care about your performances, something nasty like this happens, you're, you're going to be upset. And that's okay. Uh, that's okay. I'm still very, very critical of myself and my decisions and my movement and my communication with ARs. Uh, that's important. That's key. But, you know, it gets to a certain point where you kind of just have to sit back. I was able to watch the game over. And then I was like, oh, okay, maybe I didn't really do anything to cause this or maybe i can change things a little bit but not too much all right this is just something that happened and and that's what ended up happening that day you know it, it, it a couple of players just were a little bit out of their minds disrespectful another player didn't like it and things got out of hand like i said i was i was upset i was disappointed in myself at first but after i'd say about a week I was able to kind of just, all right, put it past me, get on with the next game, get on with the next game. So how do you think that game has helped shape you into the referee that you are today? Looking back at that game, you know, I, I'm actually very confident that if that situation like that happens again, I'm going to be more prepared to, to be able to handle it. All right. That's the only way you're going to learn how to handle situations is when they actually happen. You're not always going to get the get them right, but I'm confident that I, I can do a professional job, keep my composure, all right, and then filter through the entire situation. That, that, that situation had so many moving pieces. You know, I had a scrum over here. I had two players getting together over there. It was a big, big mess. If that happens to me again uh, tomorrow, right, I'll tell you right now, I, I am very confident that I'm going to be able to keep my team keep my composure, all right, and make sure that I, I get all the information necessary to make the right decision, all right? That's what I am confident about. Um, and I think that was the biggest learning point, all right? And like I said, it wasn't a great feeling when it happened, but 
when you when you look back, it's like, all right, now I know what to do. All right, Keto. So you made your MLS debut, backtracking again a bit. Who have been the three most influential people in your refereeing career? Right off the bat, it's going to be uh, my dad, number one, right? He's, he's the one that kind of <laughs> set me on the path. He's the one that introduced me to the world of refereeing. Uh, he's also the one that, you know, kind of established my and help help build my passion for the game just generally all right that's number one number two i'd say is my first mentor uh, i think this is a crucial part to to my career a big part of, of why i am where i am kind of her name is veronica brito she's the former uh, fifa referee from mexico she lives she lives in atlanta georgia and she was one of the or if not the first person that kind of gave me that slap on the back, you know, like, hey, let's get going. You have a potential here to become a national referee. You you can be as good or better than the guys that are there. She she was very crucial in, in, in teaching me the fundamentals, signaling, how to move on the field, little things like that. That was, to me was spectacular. Um, I actually always refer back to a lot of the, the stuff that she and I worked on. So that, that that's, I think, number two. And then number three, I'd say is a group of people. I don't think it's in, in any particular individual. Uh, I think number number three is going to be the the different assigners and coaches and assessors that I have come through. Um, I mean, I can't. There's too many to name one, right? So to me, you know, the, the people in Georgia, just alone, KR, Go Griff Sims, Mike Wright. You know, these these are, these are people. One was a national assigner. One's the high school assigner. The other one is a uh, one of the first assessors that ever saw me on the field all right these are these are people that kind of at the beginning of when all this stuff started becoming serious for me they were all the people that kind of embraced me kind of took me you know under under their wings and kind of molded all had something to do in molding the referee that i am today whether it was conversations after games conversations about you know what what i need to do this year conversations you know, of how to behave off the field. These are the little things I think that were very, very important and crucial at the beginning, my development as a referee. What advice would you give to a referee looking to move up the ladder? This career is, is, is not an easy one by any means. It's not for everyone. I think first, first and foremost, I'm going to say, like I mentioned before, get a mentor. Make sure you have mentors that you look up to, mentors that you trust, mentors that will help you, you know, just give you that slap in the back to get to the to the next level. They don't have to be professional referees. They don't have to be experienced people. They need to be good people that have your interest in mind. That's number one. Make sure you have a, a solid group of mentors. Number two, if you're if you're really gonna dedicate yourself to something like this, be willing to sacrifice a lot, a lot of family time, uh, a lot of time with your friends, career. You know, some, 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 for me, some of this stuff had to be put on hold at times just because I was so hungry and so eager to be seen at the right tournaments by the right people. All right. So, you know, you have to have the determination and willingness to sacrifice other things to put yourself out there as a referee. And number three, man, if, if, if you really, really want this, be willing to put in the work. All right. The work isn't only on the field. Yes, you have to perform on the field, but you also have to be willing to talk to the right people. You have to be willing to train. All right. You have to look a certain way. You have to run a certain way and be willing to learn. Always learn. All right. We never know it all. All right. One thing that I can, I'm proud to say and, and, and can confidently say is that even at the MLS level, 
even at the FIFA, the FIFAs that we have in this country. It's a continuous learning process. All of these guys are open to trying new things. All of these guys have made mistakes. All of these guys continue to make mistakes, all right? But it's the attitude that they have is when they approach these games, all right? I want to do a professional job. I'm going to work hard to try not to make these mistakes. But when they happen, you have to be humble and, and, and be able to take feedback to learn, all right? You never stop learning. The game keeps evolving. Tactics from, from teams, from players keep changing. So you, as a referee, have to be able to adjust and be willing to put in the work to make sure that you can keep up. So what type of sacrifices have you made to reach the level that you're at now, which is in the MLS? The one, one that quickly comes to mind is missing, missing my family's birthday. I've, I've missed plenty of my mom's birthdays, my dad's birthdays, my sister's birthdays, you know, missed holidays, all right, because I wanted to go to the next big tournament over Thanksgiving break, during Christmas break. You know, my, my social life is there but it's it's not what it could be you know <laughs> um you know relationship wise some, sometimes like i said it's you know you put that to the side but ultimately as you grow older uh you understand that you'll make some sacrifice but then you also have to you know give the importance to family first you know everything has to be right at home before it can be right on the field so be able to balance these things these sacrifices have to have balance all right you can't put all your eggs in a basket I know plenty of people that have put everything to the side for refereeing for soccer. And once something doesn't go right in soccer, their whole world is just torn apart. So be able to have balance of both family and what you want to achieve as a referee. So how do you think the pressure changes from when maybe you're doing youth games to semi-pro to now that you're in the professional game? It is a, di it is a different pressure. I'll tell you one thing, you know, at, at the youth level, at the, you know, the high school level, college level, there's not that many fans, but that only opens the door for people to say things and you hear them more clearly. <laughs> the more people there, the, the, the easier it is to, to tune things out. Uh, the, fewer, the fewer people around, you can hear things. So you kind of have to be able to filter that out. In a big stadium, big noise, you really don't hear things. Right? You kind of just, it's just crowd noise and you just focused on the job and focused on the players. Well, Guido, it's great having you on the podcast. Um, if our listeners want to connect with you online, where can they reach you? My my Instagram, uh, Mr. Arbitro GG. Um, on Facebook, I'm pretty open on those, pretty approachable. Um, so feel free to uh, reach out to me if anybody ever has any questions. If I can help, I'm all eyes and ears when it comes to refereeing. I'm going to recommend a review for penalty.